0: Well, we're kicking off a brand new series of messages today called That Makes Sense. How many of you know what a love-hate relationship is? How many of you have one of those? I hope they're not with you. (laughs) It doesn't have to be with a person, right? A love-hate relationship can be with something as well. And what this that makes sense is all about is what I believe is a love-hate relationship that most of us have when it comes to resources, when it comes to money, finance, being a steward, managing this whole thing called money, right? Most of us have a love-hate relationship. If you would, take out your message outlines, those of you that have them, or you're online and you're doing your thing there. I want to start with this because... Um, We're going to talk about money, we're going to talk about finances, we're going to talk about debt, we're going to talk about generosity, and here's why it's so, so important, because according to God's word, I am a steward, not an owner. Do you get that? You and I, according to God's word, we're not owners of anything. Now that's really odd because I thought, man, I'm, I own this or I own that or the bank and I own that, right? But in essence, God says, no, he's the owner of it all and we're managers or we're stewards of everything God has placed in our hands in our entire life. Well, if that's the case, right? That puts me in a whole different category. It makes me, and it make, should make you, make all of us start to look at things differently. So what I want to do today is talk about part of the hate relationship that many of us have with money, and that's because of debt. So I want to look at how to break out of the debt trap, and some of you are like, yeah, great, like, I don't think there's any help for me, like, my debt trap is so big, right? It, why, did it, why would we even call it a trap? Because debt enslaves us. Look at the verse right there, Proverbs 22, 7, that says, the borrower is servant to the lender. The borrower, those of us that owe money, are servants to the one that lended it to us. That's an odd feeling, isn't it? When you go to a company, you go to a business, you go to a bank, and you just all you have to do is sign on the dotted line. And it's so easy to get in, it's not so easy to get out. And then one thing leads to another thing and another thing and another thing and another thing and all of a sudden you're like, wow. But then there's also people that send us things in the mail. I don't know if you get these. You get them online, you get them in the mail. I get so excited when I see one of these. It says, you got this preferred gold, platinum, exclusive credit card, Mr. Winstead, and you qualify for it. I'm like, oh, look, we qualify for something. Listen, listen to this. I actually wrote this down. It says, I'm preferred. I'm prestigious. Mr. Winston, you're one of the select few. I read on. It says, this is customized, this card right here that you can have. It's customized to meet all your needs. Enjoy spending all you want. You set the standard higher, and there's only one Visa Platinum that meets your needs. You deserve it and they offered me a credit line of $100,000. I think you got the wrong Scott Winstead. <laughs> but isn't that intriguing? And you say, look, honey, we're preferred, we're prestigious. We're one of the select few, we should do that. You know what you'll never find in their advertising? Not one place, you read the whole thing, you'll never find the word debt. They'll never tell you what they're really selling you is debt because it's an unpleasant word. We don't even like to hear the word. They're telling you, listen, you can, you can purchase now anything you want. You can, all your dreams can come true. Do you see how they're setting us up for a trap? I looked up the word debt in Rogers Thothoris. Say that fast five times, right? Those synonyms for debt. Get this. I'm just going to read a few. To owe, to be obligated, liable, in deficit, in default, insolvent encumbered in over one's head, out of pocket, in arrears, indignant, paupered, destitute, penniless, distressed, in difficulty, a deadbeat, having, having a wolf at your door, beaten down, reduced to ruin, fleeced, stripped, berated, reduced, unable to make ends meet, embarrassed, broke, and busted. What if they put all those in those advertisements? Mr. Wentz said, here's what you could have. If you take our $100,000 credit and you just run wild and buy things with money that you don't have and we'll just give you a great interest rate to boost it up even more. (laughs) Isn't that fun? It's a love-hate relationship, right? Let me tell you, how do you know? How do you know if you're in or you're going into the debt trap? Some of you say, oh, trust me, we know. But let me just give you a few things to look at. Number one, living on credit instead of paying cash. If you didn't depend on credit to make your lifestyle happen week in and week out, month in and month out, you're spending too much. If you use credit cards to pay bills, listen, you're in over your head. You better stop while you can. You say, how do you know if I'm overspending if your credit card balances aren't at zero and they go up each month? That's how you know. Do you know that studies show that if you use a credit card, you spend 23% more money than people that use cash or a debit card? I hear people all the time, "Well, we just bought it for convenience. Well, how convenient is it now? (laughs) Let's admit it right up front. The reason we struggle with that is because it's fun to spend money, to spend money that you don't have and say, well, we'll pay that later. Doesn't always work that way, does it? So this debt trap, that's number one. Number two is delaying payments or paying the minimum due. Again, if you have credit cards because you got, you were exclusive. Mine's gold, mine's platinum. doesn't feel so good when you're sending in the money though, does it? And you say, wow, I can't even hardly make the minimum payment due. I'm pushing things. And then the interest, man, you're like, how can that even be right? How can it build so quickly? We're getting so far behind. You look at what the average credit card owner, how much they have in debt. It's staggering, staggering. Over $10,000 is average. If you pay the minimum, you know what? It's gonna take you like 47 years to pay it off. I hate to be a doggy downer, but that's a debt trap, right? Here's number three, unable to tithe or save. Listen, again, we're stewards. God says, everything I put in your hands, you're just managing for me. And God doesn't want us to like to be broke, right? But he says, here's the first thing you do. When I put money in your hands, the first 10%, I want you to give back to me. We do that through our local church, Right? That's, that's how God does this, is with people like me and you that understand and put our priorities in order and say, wow, God, if you bless me with all this, certainly I'll give you the first 10%, because he wants to be in first in every area of our lives. I always ask people this, if I had a million dollars and I handed you a million dollars with one catch, and here's the catch, would you return 100,000 right as soon as I hand you the million in appreciation for me giving you a million, you keep 900,000. How many are taking that deal? Absolutely. God does that every single week with us. (laughs) If I'm unable to tithe, I'm unable to save. Listen, I'm spending too much money. That's a sign I'm in the debt trap. If you say I can't afford to, I say you can't afford not to. Remember that song we just sing, God's ways are higher than our ways? God's ways work, our ways don't. If you think God's ways don't work, you've probably not tried them. I've tried my way and I've tried God's way. And let me tell you, God's way is way better than my way. Way better, not just in finances, but it's certainly true for that. Unable to pay taxes. If you're just, oh, gee whiz, you got a kidding, we got property taxes. Oh, April 15th, oh, we're gonna owe taxes, and you can't pay them. That's a sign of a debt trap. And then looking for get-rich-queen, quick schemes. Know anybody like that? I hear a lot of people, man, our only hope is to win the lottery, then you don't have much hope. Do you know you're more likely to get eaten by a shark? than you are to win the lottery? Do you know you have a better chance of going to the moon or getting hit by a meteor than you do to win the lottery? What if you say, well, I've been doing it for years, it's only a couple bucks a day. Only a couple dollars a day or a couple dollars a week for years, right? You'd rather have that money now, wouldn't you? You'd be surprised how fast that adds up. The Bible talks to us about get-rich schemes. and says that's not, that's not God's way. God's way is to pay him first, pay yourself second, and live off the rest. If you, you and I gave 10% to God and then paid ourselves 10%, and then lived off of 80, we'd be in a whole different place. And trust me, it'd be a better place than where most of us or many of us are living. Some people can't wait. They just think, "I'm going to win the lottery. I got to win the lottery. I got to win the lottery." Can I tell you what we call those people? Losers. <laughs> They're losers. Yeah, but I saw it on TV. It's going to happen to somebody. Yep, yeah, but not likely you. Look at the statistics, right? It's amazing to me how many pretty intelligent people spend a lot of money gambling and most of those don't end well. So don't fall victim to that. Now, some of you probably sit here or you're watching at home and you say, wow, you don't understand our situation. I quite honestly don't know if we'll ever get out of debt. God's ways work, man's ways don't. What do you got to lose? I'm telling you that God's ways work. And hopefully what you get out of today more than anything is to see that it's possible. Because with God, all things are possible. He blesses when we do things his way. He lets the chips fall as they might when we do things our way and we ignore his principles. So there is a way out. Now let me say this. See if you agree with this. I was working out one day this week and this just kind of came to me and I'm like, wow, that's, that's good. It was so good that I thought, man, I better write it down because I'll forget it later even though it's that good. But listen to this. We all want the results of the disciplined without the discipline. Don't we? You pick any area in life you look at somebody that's really physically fit and you'd say, man, I'd like to be like that, but that's a disciplined person to be like that. We want those results, but we don't want the discipline that it takes to get there. Look at somebody financially that is saved or they followed God's plan and they've done it for years and you say, wow, must be nice to have such a cushion, to have a breath. I never hear them talking about finances or debt because they don't have any we got a lady at Crossroads that teaches our Financial Peace University, which we're going to offer in the winter, by the way. And listen, if this debt thing really strikes a chord with you, you can do stuff starting today. But I strongly, strongly encourage you to wait for that in the winter and be a part of that nine-week journey. It will change your life forever. It'll change your kid's life and your kid's kid's life if you'll load into this. But her story is phenomenal. Her and her husband's story, phenomenal. They've done this stuff. And when you hear her story, which you won't hear today, but when you hear her story, you'll be like, how is that possible? Because God's ways work and our ways don't. We want the results of the discipline without the discipline. We just do. We, we watch somebody eat like a rabbit and we say, man, they look good. And you're like, well, you could do that. And you're like, nah, nah. We're cooking meat, baby. Not that you have to be a vegetarian. I would die if that was the case. But anyway, (laughs) we want the results from the discipline without the discipline. doesn't work. I'm going to give you seven steps today to get out of the debt trap. These are God's ways. These will work over time. Debt, money, this love, hate, this is not magic. It's math. It's just math. Here's number one commit to becoming debt free now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not, not the first of the month, although I understand you wouldn't have to wait that long right now, right? But commit to being debt free now. It starts with a commitment. Starts with a commitment. Look at Psalm 37, verse 21. The wicked borrow and do not repay. God says, Listen, if you make debt, you need to pay for your debt. My grandfather used to tell me that back in his day, they never signed contracts, it was a handshake. Today you can sign, you can do blood, whatever, and people still run away from debt and not pay their bills and try to justify it and make that okay. Can I just tell you as a Christ follower, it's not okay. It's not okay for me to run up debt and walk away from it and just think that it doesn't cost anybody anything. I'm the one that created the debt. I need to pay for it. I need to stand up with character and integrity as a follower of Christ and do the right thing. I can't expect other people to pay for me. And listen, we've got a story. I'll share just a snippet in a little bit, but um, it's, not, it's not always been a pretty story, right? It's, you think, wow, you're a pastor. You got all this stuff down. Nope, you've heard me enough. If you know me, you know I'm a fellow struggler. Matter of fact, some people, I gotta believe, walk out of here some weeks and say, really, that's a pastor of this church? Like, he's as messed up as we are. I am. We're all misfits, yeah. Got some real good friends down here in the front just laughing, yeah, like he is. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I'm telling you. If you're gonna get out of debt, you're not gonna get out of debt accidentally. It's gonna happen intentionally. It's gonna take character. It's gonna take integrity. And it's gonna take that D word discipline that we talked about that we want the results of, but we don't wanna have to use the discipline to do it. Right? Right? So that's number one. Here's number two. How do you get out of the debt trap? You start paying God and myself first. Remember that 10-10-80 principle? The first 10% as a steward. God said, whatever Scott Winstead I've put into your hands, I gave you that opportunity. I gave you the brain, the abilities, whatever it is. If you're a millionaire, listen, there's no such thing as self-made men and self-made women. God made you. And God says, listen, you're not an owner. You're a manager of everything I've put in your hands. And it's not like God wants us all to live as paupers. That's not the deal. He said, listen, it's not how much you make. It's how much you keep. It's do you have the priorities? Do you trust yourself more than you trust me? Me? And if you can never forget that you're not an owner, according to God, the God that created you and that created me, I'm not an owner, I'm a manager, and which means one day he's gonna say, give me a little of inspection, say, Scott, how did you do with the time and the talent and the treasures that I put in your hand for however many years and months and minutes that I have to live? Now, that's not to scare you, it's just to say, wow. You know, I used to think <laughs> if I hired me and I handled My money, the way I handle my money, through part of my life, I would fire me. True, I mean. So think about that. That's God saying, "Wow." So I need to pay my pay God first. First check we write is back to Crossroads Community Church. Then we're supposed to save. You say, I can't afford to save. Listen, you're the one doing all the work, right? You're out there working every day and every day and you don't pay yourself. You say, yeah, but we got all these debt collectors or these people that we owe money. That's because we've been doing it our way. God says, pay me first, pay yourself second. That saves and then live off of the rest. That's his way. We got to get to that. Number three, list all I own and all I owe. This sounds really easy, and it really is easy, but you know what? Some people are really, really, really nervous about doing that. Do you know that the average person in America today doesn't really know what they own and what they owe? They're so afraid of seeing the real picture that they won't even put it down in black and white on a piece of paper to do it. That's not a good steward. Can we just agree? That's not a good manager. I need to know. I need to take off the blinders and say, here's what I own, and here's what I owe, Proverbs, the book of wisdom, Proverbs 24, three, by wisdom, a house is built and through understanding, it's established. Through understanding, you can't be ignorant of your financial status. You've gotta know, listen, one of the things leaders do is they deal with reality. You've gotta know the reality of where you are with these finances and with your stuff that's really not your stuff. It's God's stuff that he's put in your hands to manage. You know what that means? That means we gotta create a budget. A budget is just a spending plan that we get to decide where our money's gonna go because we're managers of it. Some of us just wonder where it went. Do you know the average American cannot account for 25% of their income? 25%, one quarter out of every dollar. They don't know where it went. You know why? Because they don't write it down. They don't have a budget. They don't have a spending plan where they're, as a manager, telling their money where it's gonna go. They just get to the end of the month and wonder where it went. That's not a good steward. We've gotta do a different situation there. So how do we get out of the debt trap? We're gonna commit to becoming debt-free now. We're gonna start paying God and then myself first, because that just makes sense, That's his way. I'm going to list all that I own and all that I owe, and then here's number four: have a sale. Have a sale. It doesn't say go to a sale. (laughs) It says have one. Do you know how many people just for recreation drive around to sales, and then they bring stuff home and they wonder why they they can't park cars in their garage anymore? All their closets are full. It's like why? why, It was just a good deal. It was a sale. We'll use credit cards. And we, we'll come home and brag of how much money we saved. Oh, why'd you buy another TV? It was on sale. I got such a great deal. Listen, if you're putting on a credit card that you can't pay off and you're paying 26% interest on that, I don't know how much you saved, but let's just call it, it wasn't a sale. That $1,000 TV could end up costing you $8,000. Huh? It's math, it's not magic, Right? So we need to have a sale. Listen, some of the stuff that you could sell would reduce your debt in a great way. And you say, yeah, but it's paid for. I know, that's a great thing. You could sell that thing that's taken up space in your yard or your backyard or a storage place somewhere. And you could actually use that to mark down the debt and to take a breath. Some of you are so overwhelmed, maybe that doesn't even sound that great of an offer. But trust me, There's things that you have maybe a value that would help you in this reduction. So listen, even stuff you hardly use, you say, well, it's already paid for, it doesn't cost me anything. I see people that pay quite a bit of money to insure things that they don't use, to upkeep things that they don't really use. You could sell that and make a big difference in your life financially. (laughs) How about this one? Set up a repayment plan. Set up a repayment plan. That's part of this budget, right, is how are we gonna do this? Do you know on an average mortgage that's a 30-year mortgage, if you paid an extra $100 a month, that you'll pay that off seven and a half years early? That's the power of interest in your favor? And depending on your situation, it might do more or a little less than that. You won't know that without a repayment plan. It's the proper way to do a budget is to look and say, wow, what could we do with that? Proverbs 21.5, again, the book of wisdom, good planning and hard work and hard work. Good planning, I got to have a plan. I got to have a written plan and hard work will lead to prosperity. If you want to be prosperous, you have to have a good plan. If you want God's blessing, if you want God's way to work rather than your way, you've got to have a plan. It needs to be written plan. And then Proverbs again, verse twenty or 18 of 28 says, get advice if you want your plans to work. Get advice. It means good advice. It means advice from somebody that knows more than you on the area that you're talking about. Don't go to somebody that's broker than you are and ask them what they think you ought to do with that credit card offer you got. Because you'll have people say, I don't know about you, honey, but listen, I, look, look at my wall, it's that thick and it's like 18 credit cards. I wouldn't go to get marriage advice from somebody that's been married seven times. Would you? So be cautious, be selective, but get somebody else on your team that can give you an advice in these areas. Listen, if you had cancer, you're probably not going to just any old doctor. You wouldn't probably say, you know, I think I can figure this out myself. You'd go to an oncologist, you'd go to a specialist, you'd ask around, right? Because that's what you need. You want the best of the best. If you're in over your head and this debt thing is just crashing down on you, it causes so much problems in families and marriages. But yet people are so worried sometimes to get any help. I don't know if it's shame, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is to let somebody else know that you're struggling and could you help me? But it's a step and it's a good step. Listen, you might need to see a professional counsel that works in this. Don't do one that call one of those 800 numbers and they're gonna sell you all these products and so now you're more in debt and they didn't really help you. Get advice on that even, who to talk to. We've got the lady that I told you at Crossroads. You call our office, we'll connect you and at least let you have a conversation. And she is fantastic at what she does and is living proof that God's way works and our ways don't. Here's number six. You wanna get out of debt? You wanna get out of that debt trap? Add no new debt. You've gotta draw a line in the sand today. You've gotta say there's no way under no circumstances will we go further into debt. You're never gonna go into debt if everything you think is an emergency and that I only use my credit cards for emergencies. That's not what a credit card is for. If you're not paying off your credit card every month, listen, you're in a debt trap and you need to draw a line and say, I've got to be ruthless in this area. There's no way I'm going into any more debt. I am not going there. For those of you that may have those credit cards, right? And you, they pile up every month. and You're not sure what you're going to do, how you're going to pay them all. You're paying minimum due. Can I give you a project to do this week? This would be fun for Memorial Day weekend. <clears throat> Go home today and take all your credit cards out. Lay them on a cookie sheet. Turn your oven to 450 degrees. Lay your credit cards on that cookie sheet. Put them in the oven and watch through the glass with the light on how long it takes to melt them into a really cool little pile of multicolored platinum and gold and all of that and then shut the oven off, let the thing cool down, scrape it off of the pan, it'll make this really cool thing that you can sit on your desk as a reminder. And then Tuesday, when those credit card companies are open again, call them on the phone and tell them I'm closing these accounts. Do it with every single one of them and vow I'll never have another credit card again. Because if you're in debt on those things, listen, you may even have to talk to them and say, listen, I'm not, I don't want to file bankruptcy, nothing like that. Listen, I wrote, rung up the debt. I'm going to pay it off, but we've got to stop this at some level and I'm going to do this and we're not going to do it by going into more debt. We're going to do it by drawing a line in the sand and saying, I'm done. So if you want to take one thing home with you today, you could say, I went to Crossroads today and Pastor Scott told us how to do plastic surgery. That's, that's what we're doing. And you know, it'd be some of the best plastic surgery some of you'd ever do. It could be a life-changing day. Is that gonna automatically get you out of debt? No, but you know what it's gonna do? Keep you going further down that road. There's hope, there's hope. Are you saying credit cards are bad? No, credit cards are not bad in themselves. Depends how you use them. If you don't have the discipline to use them correctly, then you need to get rid of them. If you can pay them off every month, some people, I hear people say, well, I get cash back. I'm like, well, according to your records here, um, you're paying them more cash than you're getting back, right? I mean, so if you really do and you use it for convenience or record keeping and all that, and you're disciplined with it, hot dog, use it. But when you first can't pay that monthly balance off is when you need to cut it up. Some of you say, I'd like to have heard this 10 years ago or eight years ago or 14 years ago, whatever the case. You can't back up the train. God can't even change yesterday, but he can change you if you'll do something different today. You say, what do you know about this? Well, I know this. When uh, Before I went in the ministry, I was an engineer. And so I don't know if you know this or not, but engineers tend in most places to make more money than pastors make. When I quit engineering to go to school and then to become a pastor, and then when we moved here into Hudson, Michigan in 1987, with our daughter who was three months old to start what is now Crossroads Community Church with three other people, I came with three other people with a promise, get this, this is gonna blow you away. You know what my starting salary was that we agreed on? $25 a week. That's a difference from an engineer salary. Can We just agree to that. I say people can accuse me, and I've been accused of all kinds of things in 30 something years. I've never been accused of going into this for the money. So let's just start there. But let's just say that my wife and I, young, went from this income level to this income level and those didn't mesh very well. And so us being us and me being me and being the type of person that says you don't ask for help, I was always taught you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, right? You don't run back to mama. I was in the Air Force four years before that, before I went into engineering, right? So I hadn't relied on mommy and daddy since I was 18 years old. And I was taught you take care of your own affairs. And I had, but then all of a sudden the income levels was so different. We didn't adjust the lifestyle quick enough. or I don't even know if we could at that point. Of course, I got another job as well, but still those two didn't equal what I was doing before. And so we started living on credit for just a little bit, right? Just here and there and here and there and here and there to not have to be a burden on anybody and not be honest with anybody and say, you're not paying us enough, or we got to do something different or whatever. And the long short story this is back in the 80s i was working at a bank then should have known better right we had fifteen thousand dollars when we finally stopped and cut up our credit card and said we're done fortunately i was able to go to our bank president and say could i get a signature loan we had the whole discussion you normally you don't borrow your way out of debt can we just say that This was an oddity, but I said, here, listen, we've cut them up, we won't have another one. We said we'd have one credit card, and if we ever couldn't pay the balance off, we're done with that, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, we got a a loan. It took us five years to pay that off, and we got out of that debt. Now, I wish that was the only story I could tell you. There's more, but I'll just leave it there, right? So in other words, I'm a fellow struggler. I've been there, done that. I'm a walking billboard that God's ways, when we do it his way, they work. When we do it our way, it does not work. You can get out of this, but you're not gonna do it without some discipline, without a commitment. And you just gotta stop and say no new debt. And then here's the last one. This is the biggest one. Stick with it, stick with it. Have a goal in mind. Have that written budget. See a repayment plan. We can see we're going somewhere. We're making progress. We're not adding debt. We're taking extra money that we get if there is such a thing as extra and we're paying these things down. You pay the highest things off first with the most interest rate, right? And you, you, when that one's paid off, you add what you were paying for that one to the next and they call that a debt snowball, right? You start building traction for your favor rather than against you, but you gotta stick with it. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not get tired of doing what's right. For after a while, after a while, it's gonna take a while, we'll reap a harvest of blessing, what? If we don't get discouraged and give up. Don't your kids deserve you to model God's way of doing things? Because they're gonna grow up one day and they may not know anything about your finances. I'm not telling you to let them know everything but I think you model what God says. We put him first. Model that for your kids. We did that with our kids when they were really young. They'd get birthday money and we'd say, hey, here's what we do. We used to have three little banks. We would divide it up and we'd say, oh, God gets this first 10% and here's why. He wants to be first in every area of our life. He's the one that gives us everything we have. And then the second little bank was theirs to save. And then the third was to spend. And you teach kids that way, you know what? They grow up and they follow that because it works and it's honoring to God. And we taught our kids very young that, listen, you're not owners, you're managers. Mom and dad were managers. Mom and dad didn't always do it right. You don't want your kids to struggle the way you, some of us have struggled. I don't want my kids ever getting to the place that my, his, their mom and dad was. But you gotta stick with it, you gotta have a plan. You got to have a plan. I want to give you two books. They're not going to give them to you, but they're on the next steps on your note sheet. Hey, you said you'd give them to us. (laughs) You got a $100,000 credit offer. I mean... (laughs) The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey is a great book. Dave Ramsey also does Financial Peace University. That's the materials we use. But if you want to grab something that'll show you and give you resources right away on his website to do a budget, to do a simple budget, to get what I owe and what I own and all the things that we talked about, that's where you could do that. You can pick up that book at Amazon or wherever. I don't making money off of that. I'm just telling you it's good stuff. There's another one. This was one of the first ones we stumbled on. It was great. Joe Sangle wrote a book called I Was Broke and Now I'm Not. He was in a situation where he, him and his wife were really, really, really broke because they were doing things their way and then he started, they started doing them God's way and his story is remarkable and for those of you that need some encouragement for somebody that's been there or maybe farther down the debt trap than you are but got out, that's a great book with the same sort of tools. How to do a budget, how to have a written budget, how to gain momentum, how to put things in order, what to pay off first. Listen, and it's just good, good wisdom but it all starts with understanding God's principles, that I'm not an owner. I'm a steward. I'm a manager. And God's ways work and my ways don't. If you need to talk to somebody about it, call our office this week. Pick up those books. But don't, don't, don't. Just stay where you're at because typically things don't get better. You can get overwhelmed, I get it. I get over, I, we've been overwhelmed, but don't you dare give up. It's possible with God, all things are possible. Now in closing, let me say one thing. There is a debt that all of us share that you can never repay. And that is the debt of being a sinner, of doing the wrong things. The Bible calls that sin and sin separates us from the perfect holy God that created us. And there's no way you can get out of that debt on your own. You can't be disciplined enough to get out of the debt that you owe because of your sin. It's impossible. The Bible says it's impossible. That's why God so loved us that he came up with a plan B because we don't qualify for heaven because we're not perfect. So he sent his son Jesus. Who was born as a baby and grew up to be a man and lived with all the temptations, all the challenges all of us live with, but he never sinned once. They crucified him, him on a cross. That was God's plan because sin always has to be paid for. And in God's economy, sin required a blood sacrifice. That's why they used to do Animals. And then they would pay for their sins and then they would sin again. So they did another animal and it just went on and on and on. And God said, enough of that. I need to do this once and for all. Provide a sacrifice that people can't mess up. And so he sent Jesus who lived and then died and shed his blood to forgive you of your sin and me of mine if we'll receive that gift. They buried him in a borrowed tomb and three days later he defeated death. And defeated death and made an opportunity for all of our debt of sin to be erased if we would trust in Him and His shed blood. So that anyone who will call on Him, anyone by faith that will turn from their sin and admit them and turn to Jesus as their only hope, He'll give you a gift, the gift of eternal life that you can't earn, you can't deserve, you can't be disciplined enough, you can't do enough do's and not do the don'ts to earn it. It's a gift. Some of you, whether you're watching online or you're here in person, if you're not 100% sure that you've ever given your life to Jesus, then listen, (laughs) you've missed the greatest opportunity that you'll ever have. It's more important than anything you'll ever, ever do. Don't leave this experience without knowing for certain that you've given your heart and life to Jesus. Because when you do, he comes in and takes up residence. When God looks at you, whether it's today or 100 years from now, on your deathbed, he doesn't see you. He sees Christ living in you. And he welcomes us into heaven. Because the moment you give your heart and life to Jesus by faith, he gives you the gift of eternal life. It's all about him, and it's not about you. That's a debt that can be freed today, once and for all, never to be brought up again. Would you bow your heads with me? God, thank you. Doesn't even come close to being enough for what you've done for us. Because your word says that we owed a debt we could not pay, it's a sin debt that every single one of us, you say we've all sinned and we fall short of your glory. That means we don't meet the standard. We're not perfect. But God, you in your amazing love did something about that. You sent your son to live and to die and spill his blood so that our sin could be forgiven. So that whoever would trust in you is their only hope. The one way, his name is Jesus. You would come up and take residence in us. Make us right with God. Because it's not based on us and our performance. It's based on your son who is perfect. Wherever you're seated, wherever you're watching this from, if you're not 100% sure that if today was your last day, you know, not you believe, not you hope, But you know for certain because you've done what God asked and that is to turn away from your sin, admit that you're a sinner and by faith invite him into your heart as Savior and Lord. If you've never done that, you're not sure you've done it. Make this your prayer from your heart to God's ears. Say, Heavenly Father, I don't understand it all but if what I've heard today is true, I owe a debt to you that I can never ever repay on my own but I've heard that your son Jesus came to pay it for me. That when he died on a cross and shed his blood, he was doing it for me. When he defeated the grave on the third day, that offers hope to me. So as best as I know how, God, right now, I receive your son Jesus into my heart and my life. I turn from my sin and I turn to you as my hope, the one way. And from this day forward, I belong to you. I've been adopted, I can't be unadopted. No matter how much longer I live, you're with me, and whenever I take my last breath, I'm gonna be with you. Not because I'm good, but because I've received the only one who is, that gave the ultimate sacrifice for me. Use me from this day forth as your steward, your manager, of everything that you put in my hands. May I do it your way, to bring honor and glory to you because your way works and my way does not. With, as we continue to pray, those of you that are Christ followers already, listen, how are you doing as a steward? How are you doing with the things that God's put into your hands? Do you have your priorities lined up with what God says is important that we pay him first pay ourselves second, and live off the rest? Do you have a written plan? Do you know what you owe and what you own? Are you following God's principles? Are you growing in your generosity? Do you have margin? Can you take a breath? Or do you relate more to the trap? Listen, God's ways work, our ways don't. How about drawing a line in the sand today? Do plastic surgery if you need to. but saying, God, I'm going to trust your way because my way is not working. Help me to be disciplined. Help us to follow a plan. Help us to create the plan. Help us to stick with it and to not give up. Help us to teach our kids and our grandkids by what we live and how we live and the priorities and to talk about it, of why we do what we do so that they too will see that you are a God who can be trusted in your ways work. We give you the honor and the glory and the praise because you alone deserve it. And everybody said and everybody typed, amen, amen.